jealousy, with all its venom and all its misery, entered my breast. Now I shed a torrent of tears to think that I should never call her mine, and anon I imprecated a thousand curses on her inconstancy. Yet still I must stir the fires of the alchemist, still attend on the changes of his unintelligible medicines. Cornelius had watched for three days and nights, nor closed his eyes. The progress of his alembics was slower than he expected. In spite of his anxiety, sleep weighed upon his eyelids. Again and again he threw off drowsiness with more than human energy. Again and again it stole away his senses. He eyed his crucibles wistfully. Not ready yet, he murmured. Will another night pass before the work is accomplished? Winsy, you are vigilant, you are faithful. You have slept, my boy, you slept last night. Look at that glass vessel. The liquid it contains is of a soft rose colour. The moment it begins to change its hue, awaken me. Till then I may close my eyes. First it will turn white, and then emit golden flashes. But wait not till then, when the rose-colour fades, rouse me. I scarcely heard the last words, muttered as they were in sleep. Even then he did not quite yield to nature. Winsy, my boy, he again said, do not touch the vessel, do not put it to your lips. It is a filter a filter to cure love. You would not cease to love your Bertha. Beware to drink. And he slept. His venerable head sunk on his breast, and I scarce heard his regular breathing. For a few minutes I watched the vessel. The rosy hue of the liquid remained unchanged. Then my thoughts wandered. They visited the fountain, and dwelt on a thousand charming scenes never to be renewed, never. Serpents and adders were in my heart as the word never half formed itself on my lips. False girl, false and cruel! Never more would she smile on me as that evening she smiled on Albert. Worthless, detested woman! I would not remain unrevenged. She should see Albert expire at her feet. She should die beneath my vengeance. She had smiled in disdain and triumph. She knew my wretchedness and her power. Yet what power had she? The power of exciting my hate, my utter scorn, my, oh, all but indifference. Could I attain that? Could I regard her with careless eyes, transferring my rejected love to one fairer and more true? That were indeed a victory. A bright flash darted before my eyes. I had forgotten the medicine of the adept. I gazed on it with wonder, flashes of admirable beauty, more bright than those which the diamond emits when the sun's rays are on it, glanced from the surface of the liquid. An odour, the most fragrant and grateful, stole over my sense. 
The vessel seemed one globe of living radiance, lovely to the eye, and most inviting to the taste. The first thought, instinctively inspired by the grosser sense, was, I will, I must drink. I raised the vessel to my lips. It will cure me of love, of torture. Already I had quaffed half of the most delicious liquor ever tasted by the palate of man, when the philosopher stirred. I started, I dropped the glass, the liquid flamed and glanced along the floor, while I felt Cornelius's gripe at my throat as he shrieked aloud, "'Wretch! You have destroyed the labour of my life!' 